Hey everyone, welcome to the Create Initiative Podcast, the show that brings you insights and techniques from people in the creative world. We serve to help fellow creatives connect, learn, and grow. I'm Jason Evans, and Kyle Lee is sitting across the table from me. Kyle, how are you doing? I am fantastic. Doing fantastical. Well, that, that is good to hear. How are you doing, listener? Are you great? Are you surviving? Yes. Uh, have you started planning for Christmas yet? If not, you're already late compared to some, some churches. Kyle, have you started planning Christmas yet? Oh, absolutely. December 26th last year. Yeah. Full-blown. We had it ready by December 27th. Really? That's impressive. No, I'm lying. We yeah. haven't done anything for well, it Well, that, that, that's okay. I think... I mean, you know, some people just like to be go-getters and some people like to be led by the spirit and some people fall somewhere in between, probably, right? The ghost of Christmas future. We did that one time when I was a youth pastor. We did a Christmas Carol series. It was, it, it, we used uh, the Muppet Christmas Carol as our, as our backdrop. So, you know, youth, that, that worked okay. I, overall, I, w- I, I don't know if it worked well. Yeah, who's who's Scrooge in that? Uh, Michael Caine. Mike, Michael Caine. You sound just like him. That's pretty good. That was really good. That actually. was first try. Even right <laughs> Would you like to do the whole show like that? No, I was. I'm. I'm gonna quit while I'm ahead. <laughs> that was awesome. Oh well, Kyle. Uh, you know, you said quit. It feels like forever since we've been in the same room, talking to each other with microphones in front of our face. It has been forever. Yeah, it's it's been a while, and uh, you know we've been we've been prepping for for shows and working on our November roundtables or gatherings, and then uh, we're believe it or not we're prepping for our January workshop coming up, Woo-hoo. and uh, it's going to be a great time. And but uh, so needless to say, we have no excuse. We've just been doing other things. Just been serving the Lord. Just been Humbly. serving the Lord. But we are back. And uh, we're done. We're done serving the Lord. We're done serving the Lord, and we are so back that uh, we do not have a guest today, Kyle. We are the guests. We are the guests. We're going to interview each other, Kyle. What is your favorite color? Ooh, pass. Next question. What was the name of your first pet? Ooh, um, Pugly. Pugly, really? Yes. That seems like something you just made up. No, it was a a pug dog. And our last name's Lee, so it was Pug Lee. Pug Lee. Okay, okay, that's clever. He got some eye infection and died. So, R.I.P. Pug Lee. <laughs> oh, well, what a... What, wow. Well, thanks for bringing terrible. that up, though. Yeah. Uh, well, you know, you got to ask the hard questions. Um, you know, on a random note, Kyle, I don't know if you've had a chance to look at him. I know I emailed him to everybody. We got some some of the survey results back from the survey we did. and uh, That's the real reason why we haven't done the show. And, <laughs> that is the real reason. We found out that uh, out of many, many of the people that were surveyed, uh, many, many were not aware this show even existed. Perfect. They haven't been seeing the billboards, I yeah, guess. Yeah, they have not seen the billboards and uh, haven't haven't seen the, the the tweets and the and the IGs and whatnot, um, but hey, that's not going to keep us from doing it. We're not bitter about it. But I will say, whoever left the comment of ask better questions, um, that was my favorite. I do appreciate for our it. show. Yeah, like and and so and I I really I, and I'm not even being 
like trying to be sarcastic about it. I really appreciate that. Um, because Do they mean for like the guests? Yeah, for like the guests. Oh. Like, so I'm going to ask people what their first pet name was. And uh, maybe it'll lead to some real uh, traumatic, yeah, traumatic stories. I and, and I really appreciate that comment because I I feel like you know sometimes you don't know what how deep to, to go with with guests and you don't know how deep the listener wants to go, and so I, I appreciate that. But so uh, that may be one I start asking people. Yeah, yeah. What was the name of your first pet and when did they die? Exactly. How did they die? How? Yeah. That's. And how did you feel about it? Yeah, that would be a good starter, don't yeah. you think? Well, hey, Kyle, uh, we do need to move on in the show, and uh, I'm trying to decide if we're going to cut any of that last part out or we're just not. leave it good. It's golden. Um, but let's go ahead and move on. You know, we're, we're going to bypass the something new this week because we feel like kind of what we're going to talk about today can can lead into that. And, you know, we haven't done a five things segment in quite a while, Kyle, so we thought today would be a great day to to throw out a five things and today, what we're going to talk about are five, uh, I, I hesitate to use the word trends, but but five things we're seeing in the church production world, kind of, you know, on a weekly basis, maybe some things that we're seeing take hold, uh, maybe be a little bit different than, you know, this time last year, or a couple years ago, or things like that. So uh, we'll say five trends in the church production world. Well, Kyle, number one. Number one is on me. I'll take it because okay. I have the list right in front of me. You Do you have, want to see the list? You have the card. Yeah. Number one, we're going to call LED affordability. And uh, this is one of probably the most practical thing that, that is on our list. And uh, here in the recent months, in the last year or so, we've seen uh, LED panels and LED strips and things like that become much more affordable for people in the church production world. And as a result, we're seeing the use of LED boards, LED panels, and things like that on stage designs uh, a whole lot more than, than we did uh, at least you know a year ago, but definitely two, three, or four years ago. Yeah. Um, it's becoming a lot more common. I know even, uh, you know, we've talked about it before about opportunities now with local production companies are, are trying to actually target and market to churches. Yeah. Um, doing like a rental plan or, yeah. or just like a year long, like yeah, you pay this much a month. Yeah. Like year long leases or, yeah. or a lease to own or, or something like that. And, but it's, it's mainly because of led affordability now. I mean, before anyone just immediately criticizes us, we're, we're not saying that, you know, suddenly it's affordable for everyone because like I still can't afford <laughs> LED yeah. panels. Um, but what we're talking about is kind of on the whole, it, it is becoming, if you prioritize the use of LED walls or anything like that, like it's becoming an easier option for churches to utilize. Yeah. And I mean, if it it's, if you're going to, let me see how I want to say this say you need a new projector. I mean, some, some churches will spend $20,000 yeah. on a projector yep. and, um, which, and you get a really great projector for that, but what's, I mean, it's getting to where it might be more affordable to, depending on the size of your screen, the size you want projector, just get an led yeah. panel wall for that. That is and so, very, I mean, very true. That's that's kind of crazy. That that break even point is almost it's almost there. Yeah, and um, if, when you get to a certain and level, you get to decide, do I want a white square on the wall yep. when it's turned off, or do I just want it to be black and disappear? Yeah. So yeah. Um. Or I mean, that's assuming if your wall is black. Yeah. So but, I mean, it could either be either way when the screen's not on. Yeah. Our it, trends are showing everyone's 
painting their stages purple now. And yeah, so, purple is the new black. Yeah. Um, when it comes to stage walls, for sure. But um, out of that LED affordability, we're seeing these other these other things take hold. And uh, the second thing we we've noticed, kind of as you look at churches as a whole. Again, we're talking very general. Um, you know, obviously, some of the larger churches are probably the most visible in terms of being able to see what what's going on on their stages and in their production. So we are being very general. But but another thing we're noticing is that perhaps because of the affordability of LEDs or, or lighting in general has come down in price. Uh, we're starting to see stage designs that are much more focused on lighting effects as opposed to like props or set builds or things like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I think those LED panels have a lot to do with that. You know, I mean, I remember five or 10 years ago, the, the go-to like churches that you would look at for design, they would be changing out their set designs. Yeah. It'd be like every, every quarter. Yeah. Or even every month or something. And now they just invest in some, however many LED panels it is, because you, the way it works, you know, you get the LED panels and then you get the, like the LED drivers that mm-hmm. can push your video to those panels. And so one, you know, one quarter, you may have it set up in a certain way. Next quarter, like, um, I've seen the church. I don't even remember which one who's using the LED panels as windows. Yeah. You yeah. know, like spread across there. And so that's the good thing about those panels. You buy them. They don't just have to be a screen set up the same way every time you can separate them down to normally, you know, either probably two by two panel, two foot yeah, by two foot yeah. panels, um, and spread those out however you want and map the video onto them. And yeah. And, and even just lighting effects in general, um, you know, you can get like led strip tape and, and make like squares or rectangles or triangles or anything like that. And I mean, you can get it off Amazon for a very affordable price. And again, it's, you're seeing less like, Hey, we're doing a sermon series on, uh, the mountain or something. And so we're going to build a mountain on stage and you're seeing visuals on led boards or you're just seeing a lighting effect, or maybe it's led strip tape. That's kind of in the shape of a mountain peak or something. Yeah. yeah. You're not having like a full car. Yeah. Yeah. You're not doing big styrofoam letters and things like that. So, uh, that's just definitely something we're seeing. And again, it's because the, the price of leds and the price of lighting in general is starting to come down into the realm of affordability for churches. Um, and, and the, the third thing, Kyle, you want to bring up is you mentioned it about the ability to, you know, take these panels and position them in different ways, but now it's, it's created something else in the way we, we build our, our media. And yeah, not one. I think that what has helped the most with this is, um, you know, first Snapchat and then Instagram stories has kind of translated over into like the way we, show media in our services and stuff is that aspect ratio now seems to be a lot more fluid than Mm -hmm. even just a couple of years ago. Like a couple of years ago, if someone was still using like a four, three aspect ratio, like that would be, you're not dogging them or anything, but that would be like the first suggestion. Hey, well you need to switch to 16, nine, like get, get, get in the, the century. And so, um, but now you see, you see these places with these LED panels and, um, and I'm not talking about triple wide either because triple yeah, wide yeah. almost kind of came and went yeah, already. Yep. Um, but like there'll be people putting up square screens now and um, people putting up, you know, even some some vertical screens and just showing their media in a totally different way. And so um, I don't think it's as necessary or maybe not as frowned upon if you see someone now with like a, if they're doing it intentionally, yeah. you know what I mean? Like, um I don't know. And well, no, so. like I agree, and I like the way you use the word fluid. Um, 
I, I've been in many churches here in the last month uh, doing doing different events in these churches. And one of the churches we were in had like a legit four by three screen. And I remember having the thought, you know, we're putting our slides up. And so I formatted them four by three. And I remember just thinking like, you know, that doesn't look too bad. Yeah. Like it, it doesn't look too bad. But I remember two years ago. I would have gone into the same church and be like, you know what? I'm doing letterbox yeah. because four by three is out and, and all this kind of stuff. But, but you bringing this up, the only thing I can think of is like, I'm, I'm more accepting of it because like, well, when I look at Instagram, what am I looking at? You know, yeah. it's a square aspect ratio. You see people's content, you know, or it's a vertical. Yeah. Well, and people are producing some like before, before they added Instagram TV, which I don't really know if that's like taking off or not. Like, I don't I know. I think if pe- the results are varying. I don't know if people are actually what, cause you can upload, you know, like a regular traditional style video yeah. up to that. And, but before that people were getting really good at creating these stories, slicing them up into 15 seconds and then uploading them all at once Yeah, that were like super produced. And so we've had that for a couple of years and we're used to just looking at that nine by 16 ratio of video yeah, and not thinking anything of it. Yeah. And so this, I think this next generation coming up, they're never going to, they don't look at an aspect ratio and think like, wow, this, these people are old school. Yeah. And so, um, which I'm, I'm, I could tell you 100%. I used to be that guy. Yeah. Like, like, <laughs> Oh wow. Seriously. Like, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, no, I, I, I agree. And like, I think you're only going to see it become more just fluid. Like you said, you know, even uh, step outside the church world for a second, but like I'm seeing these major, major like concert productions and their iMag screens will be vertical. Like, and they'll, they'll, they'll do their iMag in a way that it's funny because I'll see behind the scenes and like, you'll see like their, their uh, switcher and they'll have gaff tape like marked on the screen, like to show like, so they're still shooting in like 16 by nine. But they'll actually they gaff off it. on on their camera viewfinder or on the switcher to to show this is what it's going to be, and it'll be a full either nine by sixteen or some type of vertical format. Huh. And I think you're going to see that move into a lot of the not a lot, but you're going to see it move into churches as well. Um, you know, I think even on a smaller scale, more churches are are doing vertical like lobby screens and displays and things like that. Yeah. Um, one, cause it may save space cause you can mount it on a pillar or something like that yeah. in your lobby. But, but also again, people are becoming more used to, to viewing things in that, in that method. Yeah. I think it makes sense for an iMag screen for a speaker. Yeah. If it's going to be a tight shot, I mean, cause people are <laughs> yeah. more nine sixteen than they are 16 by nine <laughs> in most cases. And so, uh, you can get more of the person without it being, you can get a tighter shot yeah. of more of the person. Yeah. My only hesitancy on that is like, if you get, you know, some of these pastors, they, they tend to move a lot yeah. and man, that poor camera person trying to yeah. keep them in frame. That's, yeah. That, especially that if it, they've got it yeah. cropped, not on their, if it's not on their camera. Um, well, so, so, so far we've talked about the affordability of LEDs. The, the second thing was uh, using light and LED design on your stage as opposed to like actual props or, or, or new set designs. And then the third thing, the, the fluid aspect ratio is how we're seeing that change. Um, so we just have, have two more. And Kyle, this is another one you, you brought up that, that you've noticed. And that is uh, some churches are, are maybe moving away from doing video bumpers or video announcements and actually doing live, live talking people on stage. What are, what are you seeing in that? Yeah, and I think it's, it it's almost seems contradictory like as like video production stuff is becoming cheaper and... Um, 
all this other stuff is becoming cheaper. But I've seen um, a lot of these churches are foregoing the the video announcement yeah. route, um, and as as part of their service, maybe they do like a pre roll before or something like that. But um, they try to have a live person do as much as possible, and uh, instead of having like a service intro for like a series or something like that, they'll just have like what I've always called like a service host, like service host comes up and does a couple announcements. Then it's like, Hey, this is what we're talking about today. Yeah. Why don't you welcome so-and-so to the stage and like all seems live, you know, and really. Do you, do you have any theories as to why we're maybe seeing this, this move back that way? Cause I mean, that's not, you know, that's almost in the, what is old is new again category. Cause it's like, yeah, maybe know, so church has been doing that for years. But I think the difference this time around is that it's more, it's not someone gets up there with a sheet of like, and just reads off yeah, the, bulletin. Like the bulletin. I think it's more so like, it's still a production like in of itself. Like, Hey, like the band might still be playing. The band's still playing. They have their three talking points and like, maybe that, maybe that they're supposed to be some type of funny. Like I know church on the move, they always have like some kind of host that is like, tries to be funny, yeah, you know? Yeah. Um, and usually succeeds. So <laughs> I'm not trying to say he's not funny or she, <laughs> um, but I think that, I think they're just trying to change it up, you know? I mean, I think if I think if your video announcements for the most part are just like a are just a video of someone standing there talking, then it's not using your resources wisely to just why don't you just have yeah. someone do that, you yeah. know? Instead of spending two hours throughout your week making a video that could take the same amount of time for just someone to Yeah. Um and and I remember when video announcements really really took hold, and the the argument was, yeah, it's a it's a use of time in the prep work, but it saves time on stage. Yeah, it, you it, know, because if you get someone who rambles or yeah. but, but again, like you said, if we're we're seeing they're they're putting the people on stage who can stick within time, hit yeah. their talking points and all that. I wonder if maybe part of the reason you see this is again because social media and because of the way people are wired now. If it's just the idea of like they see videos all the time, it's easy to tune them out. Yeah. Maybe if they actually see a person on stage, yeah, maybe that triggers something, you know, in their yeah. brain. I think so for sure, and I think it helps. You know, most I can't say most places, but you know, with the people having stage display monitors in the back to be able to help direct it and yeah. like give you certain time and like, because I know a lot of uh, churches will stick within like they they time everything yeah. out. Yeah. And so, and they stick strict within that. And so I could, I could see that where like being a video helps like, okay, here the video right there. We know we're right on time, but I think they're just, uh, I don't know. I think, I think we're starting to realize people aren't as impressed with video either as they mm -hmm. used to be. Like the fact that anyone can make a video doesn't make it as impressive. They're like, oh, they've got a real nice polished video. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, um, I think people, people come to church, they want to be communicated to well, and so, um, I think when you have someone up there that can do the live transition and the live, uh, service host type thing and do it really well, I think people will walk away, like feeling like they connected with someone yeah, yeah. and I, you don't get that, I think with the video at all. That's true. And so that is true. Um, well, well moving on to our last of the five things, and this is maybe kind of, you had a good segue in that people are, they're no longer impressed maybe by the amazing video or the polished video and things like that. And so we're, we're kind of just calling this one quality is intentionally raw. 
and some of this comes from you. You mentioned a, an article or podcast from uh, Brady Shear at Pro Church Tools, where uh, the article is titled Three Controversial Truths About Social Media." Um, but the very first one he mentions is that uh, the 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 first controversial truth is that visual branding does not matter. Now, you say you don't agree with that statement in itself. Yeah, and I think he was just trying to do that to get to draw people in, you know, to say like, hey, visual branding doesn't matter. And you'd be like, wait, what is he talking about? Um, So what is he talking about, Kyle? I think what he means is that, and he references how um, Elevation Church has been pushing on their social media, a lot of graphics and whatnot that look like Windows 95. Yeah. And like, whether it's like the, the you, I mean, everyone knows what it looks like, the gray box with the little blue X in the corner and like says something and like that's what they've been using on social media for a lot of either pastor Stevens like quotes or for just like quotes from whatever graphics and so he's saying like visual branding doesn't matter I think what he means is that it doesn't matter if it looks like it's old yeah and so because obviously it was done very intentionally for it to look like that yeah and so I don't really agree that it doesn't matter um because um they they try they did that to try to succeed yeah and tried to get more views. And so I think that they would say that using that does matter. And so being mindful of how, what your visual branding is, I think matters a lot. Yeah. And, but, but to, to the point of what, what he's getting at and what, what you've even talked about, um, there is now a potential freedom to not feel like you have to create something in a certain, in a certain boundary. Yeah. Um, and, and part of that maybe goes back to everything we've already talked about, you know, because of social media and the way people consume media. And I mean, one thing I've mentioned it before on the show that like, it drives me nuts when I see these like videos that are so like, they'll have bad audio or bad lighting and, and, you know, maybe be edited in a way that, that just doesn't appeal to me. And then they like totally take off and it, but it's like, cause I want everything to be set and I want it to be good lighting and good audio. Like, so that's something that in my brain I have trouble with, but yet we're seeing churches embrace kind of that, that raw aspect of yeah, it. Yeah, and I think they're embracing it. They, and um, you see the, the things that go viral on YouTube or Facebook, and it's hardly ever some polished. Yeah. And I think that eats us, like, creative people that like to like take pride in making things that look that well, um, that look that good. Um <laughs> I think it, it hurts us that people like, why, like, I wouldn't even watch that if I saw that it was like that, you know, but I think churches are realizing like, well, listen, like this, this thing is getting the most reach and it's not high production quality, you know? And so it's almost like they're trying, and I mentioned it a little bit there. It's like 2018's version, a version of like distressing something like, you know, like whenever (laughs) a few years ago, it's like making like distressed looking graphics and stuff like that, um, was the rage or like stamp looking graphics or even like like because I used to always say like I couldn't stand like fake distressed furniture and I was like I love like old school looking yeah, furniture yeah. but like I'm not gonna like why would I make something look old school and I think that's just it's it's equivalent to uh to that yeah it, it is and and you even mentioned off air talking about uh some churches that to get this feeling of like hey we're in the moment this is real this is raw They'll they'll place people in their media team in the audience with their iPhone yeah. or with their phone, uh, and video part of the message. And then when they'll do like sermon recaps and stuff, they'll actually use the iPhone video, uh, the iPhone clip as part of the recap. Yeah, and it, it just kind of creates this uh, this aspect of man, we're all in the moment. It's real. It's raw. And all. but you know, and and again, if you're 
you know, if this is what you do for a living, sometimes you can get caught up in the, oh, but it's just not, not perfect. Cause that's like what we do. But on a freeing aspect, like for, for churches who maybe like they don't have people on staff, they don't have a budget. They don't like, I mean, this is a moment where you can totally be, be able to, to reach people on social media or even reach people in different ways, media wise, um, because some of those boundaries are now removed and some of those ideals of this is how it has to be are now gone because it's like, Hey, if we can find a way to hit people up on social media and if it fits social media's aspect ratios, we're good. You know, yeah. So we'll take like, oh, this isn't like a church example. Like John Christ, yeah, like, yeah. His stories are never good quality, like video wise. Like yeah. it's always just like front facing camera. Yeah. Him like Sitting terrible on a couch, or terrible in a angle. Or like in, even his like scripted videos aren't great video quality. Yeah, you know. And so, um, he's made a living off of it now. Yep. Um, starting with those Facebook like those Facebook videos are what got him famous more so than his stand up comedy. Yeah, yeah. And so, um. I think just playing off that, like realizing that, oh, people will watch that if the content is useful or yeah. um, the content means something to them. And and ultimately, I think that's the moral of this, this episode in that, yeah, we're talking about trends we're seeing in the church, but what the beauty of it is a lot of these trends are actually creating free moments uh, for, for people of all different church sizes, different budgets and different skill levels to just say, hey, like these opportunities are out there, so so go take them. Um, in some ways, it's probably more difficult for someone old and who's done this for a while to to want to figure out how to do it that way creatively than it is for someone who's just now figuring out how to, to use a camera, you yeah. know. So it, it is a freeing moment. And so just real fast, these are the, the, the five things. Once again, LED and lighting affordability. Second thing is using lights and LED panels instead of props on stage for your set designs. Uh, the fluidity of aspect ratios is number three. Number four was using live stage segments as opposed to video stage segments. And uh, then number five, the quality that is intentionally raw or the use of, of raw elements to, to create quality media. Um, in your in your church services, so Kyle, do you have any other thoughts or anything you'd like to add? No, that's all good. I mean, I got plenty of thoughts. Plenty but of thoughts. Probably nothing useful <laughs> well, for anyone. Well, hold on to those thoughts for a second. We're gonna grab a very quick break, and then we're gonna come back and tell you about our November gathering. So, so just hang on. Real fast before we go, Kyle, it is that time again. It is time for our Create Initiative Gatherings, November 5th in Oklahoma City and November 6th in Tulsa. Uh, we're going to be right here at South Point Church, Kyle's home home state, homebody, hometown, not your hometown. It's not my hometown. We it's will your, not be in my hometown. Your home court advantage, South Point Church, for our Oklahoma City gathering. We could do it outside on the basketball court. Awesome. If the weather holds out, we could do that. Set up some lights and, and just have a good old time. Yeah. And then November 6th in Tulsa, we'll be at Victory Church uh, over with our friends there. And uh, if, if things hold out, uh, we're going to try to set up in their one of their video uh, recording studios. So it'll be a nice open area. And uh, it'll be it'll be pretty cool. So November fifth, November sixth, both evenings begin at seven. There will be refreshments and snacks available. And Jordan Ferris, 
our buddy, part of our Career Initiative lead team, he is going to be sharing. And uh, I've talked to him a little bit, Kyle, about what he's going to be talking about. And um, uh, I'm real excited. He's going to talk about prioritizing your time and prioritizing your efforts in your work and, and really in your life. And so I think it's going to be pretty awesome. Nice. Yeah. Good old Jay Fair. Good old Jay Fair, who today, I don't know if any of you have seen our, some of our social media promo. Uh, I snapped a quick shot of him at our film festival, giving a thumbs up. So today he texted me and was like, wow, that's quite the promotional pick. <laughs> so uh, he sent me a more dignified picture that we'll start yeah, sending so, out. So. Yeah, a little uh, theater of the mind for the the pick that he sent Jason. It's uh, black and white, obviously. Um He's got his hair like super curled, um, black turtleneck and a black background. So it's almost like a Bohemian Rhapsody floating head situation, Simon and Garfunkel. And so you guys can judge which one was better. So, but but he demanded we remove that one. And so, uh, if you haven't seen it yet, you probably won't, but if you have, then uh, you screenshot it, enjoy it. I am going to be printing that picture out and we'll have it all over (laughs) the gathering on uh that monday and so oh it's it it is going to be swell but you can go to createinitiative.org slash gatherings and register it's totally free to to come we just ask that you register so we kind of know how many people will be here we can have cookies how how many basketballs we'll need um for for that night we do you want cookies we can have cookies that night if that's insomnia cookies you want some insomnia cookies i don't know man those are pretty good well, let's see if they'll, maybe they'll sponsor You the know show. what I had in what? Nashville that what what? I had the best donut I've ever eaten? Was it Five Daughters? Yes, uh, it was. It's the best place ever. It's a croissant-based donut. I guess yeah. what New Yorkers were calling the cronut. Yeah, yeah. But I what understand kind, why they were, I had the maple bacon. Oh. And it, they call it, you know, the Five Daughters calls it their 100-layer donut. Yeah. yeah. Um, but there's nothing like it. Even their donut holes were like that, and I'm just, just if you could have those. Is there anywhere in Oklahoma City? That's the that's the question of the week for everyone. Is there anywhere in Oklahoma City that sells donuts like that? There, and the, the only caveat is you have to have had a five daughters donut yeah. to even really know, because there are a couple places in the city that advertise cronuts, but I promise you they're not the same. The, this was the greatest thing this. I've ever eaten. Yeah, it's donut wise, it, it's quite amazing. So if you're ever in Nashville. Hit up Five Daughters Bakery. I've told several people that um, as they're going to town. So um, Five Daughters, it's the place to be. And you know who told me about that place? Um, Donald Trump. No, friend of the Creating Initiative, Katie Strandlin. She's, we've had her in before. She's been on the podcast a couple of times. She's like, you have to try this place. Yeah. So Guitar player for Reliant K goes there. So Really? Uh, did you world's, meet him? World's greatest band. No, I did oh, not. That's too bad. That is too bad. Well, uh, before we get too far down in the Nashville world, uh, don't forget to go to createinitiative.org slash gathering, register for free, and then stay tuned because our Create Initiative Workshop is January 26th, 2019, and we will open registration at the gatherings. And you need to come to the gatherings because we're going to have a special incentive for you to register the night of your gathering. So um, we're not going to spill the beans. We're not going to tell you what it is. You'll have to come to the event to find out why you need to register. It may or may not be the very turtleneck that Jordan was wearing 
and his headshots. <laughs> it may or may not be. It most likely will not be. I hope it's going to be a little bit more enticing. Than maybe that, a free but, bolo tie. Uh, maybe, maybe with the with the Korean Initiative logo yep. on it. But again, I hope there's something a little more enticing than that. But hey, uh-huh. uh, Kyle. I think it's time we hit the road because um, we're about to have a lot more ideas. I got plenty of ideas that it could be. You are never short of ideas. Um, but uh, before, do you have one more idea before we go? No, I'm, I am I just drew a blank. Uh, fresh out of ideas. Well, hey, uh, for Kyle Lee, I am Jason Evans. That is the show. Uh, we'll be back in a couple weeks with a brand new episode and we will have a guest uh, with asking difficult questions, tough questions, yes. interesting be, questions. It, the guest 100% will be Jordan's turtleneck. 